besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. An interesting time for a cricket on the back of the T20 World Cup, which has just been completed on Australia, of course, because uh, the next one, the next uh, one is the 2024 one, and that will be hosted by jointly between the United States and uh, the West Indies. So America is officially making a pretty big splash when it comes to T20 cricket. And the Major League Cricket, MLC it will be known, will make its uh, debut from uh, July 13th to July 30 next year. So a pretty small window. Um, But uh, it will be uh, also played at uh, Grand Prairie Stadium just out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, It's a major announcement that sees six franchises lining up looking to create some serious buzz ahead of the 2024 T20 World Cup. And joining us uh, now from uh, the United States is former Black Cap Corey Anderson, who's been getting amongst the cricket scene in Texas with the Dallas Mustangs. Welcome to the show, Corey. It's been a while. How are you keeping? I'm I'm good, thanks, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Um, yeah, I've been good. I've been uh, just plotting away in in Dallas and uh, had a uh, had a little boy about four months ago as well. So uh, life's uh, life's very different to what it used to be four months ago. That's that's cool news. Absolutely cool news because of course you've been a, a little bit of a globe trotter when it, it comes to T Twenty cricket. How did you uh, How did you end up uh, in the United States uh, plying your trade there? Um, so my wife is from Dallas. She was born and raised here. Um, she she was living with me um, for a few years in New Zealand, and I came over here basically because of the pandemic. I didn't really have my eyes set on anything else apart from just making sure I was with her at the time. Uh, and then basically a month into it, I, I got an opportunity to 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 stay and and help Major League Cricket kind of I guess build what they're building at the moment and be a part of it as a player and also helping coach and do a little bit of everything, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, I guess you could say. Um, and, yeah, here, here I am, still uh, still basically uh, going through my eligibility for, for USA as well. Okay, Corey, so let's uh, look at um, the next episode of uh, T20 Cricket in terms of the World Cup, which, of course, as I said, is in the United States uh, and the West Indies jointly. What's the what's the appetite like for cricket in in uh, in America? Because I would imagine this is slightly a gamble from the ICC, but they then again they want to take the game global even more so. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're here, I think obviously you know coming from New Zealand, we look at America and it's got all the American sports and the NBA and NFL and all of that. And then as soon as you get here and start, I guess you know dipping your toes in the water of cricket, there is a huge community of cricket here. Um, and it's crying out for something bigger than what it has. Um, and so that's why, obviously, us being here, you know, someone's got to go first and, um, you know, lay it down and hopefully create a pathway, um, and that's what we're trying to do. And um, having that World Cup here just basically creates a lot more awareness around uh, what's going on in America, um, you know, young kids coming in. I guess that South Asian community is, is hugely Hugely all over the states, um, you know, in different states, but mainly California and Texas, um, and then up in New York as well. So um, there's a lot of lot of areas that are kind of it's concentrated, um, but it's yeah, it's a huge appetite uh, here in America, which is again fascinating coming from New Zealand. Yeah, 
It is actually. Tell us about uh, the the announcement about the the MLC as such. Uh, what six franchises? Six franchises. Yep. So you've got New York, Washington DC, Dallas, Seattle, LA, and San Francisco. So um, some pretty big hubs. Um, I know a handful of the IPL teams are are in amongst that as part of the ownership, and I know there's a bit of an ongoing process as well to try and um, get, I guess, a few more of them on board. Um, it sounds like they're all very keen to get in, uh, especially with, I guess, the formats of franchise cricket at the moment as well. There's, there's so many of them popping up, um, but you can start seeing that, I guess, all these IPL teams and the big ownership groups of these franchises are starting to take over country by country um, and having their own little little player pool um, in each of those franchise competitions. So, you know, Major League Cricket will probably be very, very similar um, and hopefully, you know, create a few waves and, and make a bit of a name for itself and put it on the map. Yet another opportunity too for uh, to, for cricketers to, to make a buck out of the game, of course, uh, and that for them um, is very, very important, uh, Corey. So this window... Uh, they're pretty hard to find um, away from leagues, away from the IPL, away from uh, you know international um, windows as such. So uh, it's good that they've been able to find this. What kind of what kind of player um, do you think you'll be kind of, uh, able to attract first up? I mean, you need to have uh, superstar type names to give credibility. So how are they going to go about this? What 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 kind of money are we looking at? That's a very good question. I, 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 if I'm if I'm saying numbers, I'm guessing. So um, I, I know they're not going to be likely. They're not going to lie down and just sort of come in and be one of the lower ranked sort of I guess franchises paying money. They'll want to come in and make a bit of a bit of a splash and make sure we can get those top top uh, you know top performers around the world. Because again, I know obviously ICC's got their scheduling around you know all the all the international sorry yeah the national competitions and the international schedule so that takes up a large chunk so in terms of availability there's still a lot of question marks around who, who is available are there teams playing test cricket at that time things like mm. that um so that does play a big factor in it but i guess the level of cricket that we've got here in america we do have a very decent player pool um but we're, we're not in the same category as you know your new zealand's your australia's and things like that so we do need these top-level players to come in um, to make sure that this product is, is something that can be sold to, to the rest of the world and, and make sure it looks good. The interesting thing, and we talked uh, in the intro about the, the new stadium that uh, you guys are developing there, the Grand, the Grand Prairie Stadium, um, and we've just come off a T20 World Cup, which I imagine you uh, watched a bit of the action from, uh, Corey, in these vast stadiums in Australia, the MCG, SCG, the Gabba. You've played at all these stadiums anyway. You know exactly the size uh, and the capacity they have there and their facilities, the pitches, etc. How are the facilities developing along? I mean, it's not far away, this tournament. No, I know it's not far away at all. So seeing it the other day, um, you know, they're making massive inroads for, uh, I guess, the, the amount of time they do have, but they'll they'll have to keep working pretty hard to make sure that thing is up and running end for Major League next year. So, um, you know, I, I think that's been the biggest, um, I guess, part is trying to create the facilities. There's, there's been, apart from a couple of facilities in Florida and Fort Lauderdale there, um, and then Raleigh in North Carolina, there's, there's not been much else. So you're starting from scratch, and that's the biggest issue here is that we don't really have a system in place there hasn't been a system in place for a long long period of time so you're trying to basically become a startup company and do all these things um, and create an infrastructure around cricket and making sure that that's all working and there's a lot of moving pieces to it so you know it's 
different to being in New Zealand with five and a half million people. I mean, there's, I think, 320 million people here. So it's it becomes a lot more difficult in state to state. Is basically like trying to get, uh, I guess, approval from different countries. So um, the whole thing is very big and there's a lot of moving pieces. But again, it's exciting. And I know they're, they're underway with a lot of the other stuff in, in those other states to to get those stadiums up and running as well. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a big progression, obviously, in the next sort of six months to year. Um, but yeah, it'll be really exciting when when all of it does come come to fruition. And of course, central to that are the the playing conditions. So, what about the wicket blocks and things like that, um, which take time to bed down? Yeah, that's the other big part of it. I know as a player, I, I said, I, you know, this part of it, I was like, I don't really care who turns up. You need to make a good wicket, otherwise, no one's going to turn up in the end of it, and no one's going to watch on TV. So, that's been a massive part to it. And they're trying to, I guess, you know, get the top groundsmen around the world to come in and. You know, um, you know, do their thing and make sure these wickets are, are up to scratch for a product that we need to produce. Um, and then, with that in mind, um, to share their experience and knowledge with with guys that we can have here on on the ground to maintain those wickets as well. Because we all know if you make a drop in wicket, that's that's great for a week or two. But after that, um, it can go pear shaped, mm. and it, the cost is just ongoing if you have to keep doing that. So, um, yeah, the wickets have been the 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 big thing along obviously with these stadiums and infrastructure that we're we're making a massive focus to to being sure that we have a a good high level of cricket because i know that's what the top level players want to come in and play and they don't want to see you know 90 playing 100 and things like that so um you know we've got to make sure the cricket's to a to the highest standard possible Corey, you well know that uh, there's Major League Rugby over there um, and, of course, uh, they've been able to attract um, New Zealand players, particularly those that have uh, towards the end of their careers as such. Uh, I, I just wonder whether United States cricket and the Major League cricket might go along the same pathway in terms of attracting those players who are well known to, in the world of cricket but are um, <coughs> you're at, at the end rather than the beginning. Do you see that as a possibility? Um, I don't necessarily think for the franchise. I mean, I, I can see it definitely being a situation where um, players, probably very much like myself, um, I mean, I, I had a connection to America in the, in the first place, so it makes it a little bit easier to, to plant some roots here and, and find your way. But um, for guys who are potentially on the outer of international teams and they don't really see themselves making it back in, this could be a possibility for them to come in and maybe create an eligibility and you've got a different country and America's a great place to live um, lifestyle-wise. So, you know, there is an option for, for guys to potentially come across and, you know, they will have to do their time for eligibility and things like that. But when it comes to the franchise mm-hmm. competition, I think you'll be finding we're, we're going after the, the top-level players, obviously, you know, respective categories of, of what they would want to go into. But, um, yeah, I think we don't want to... I guess, dumb down the product uh, per se, and I say that in the nicest way, um, by getting guys who are, I guess, you know, potentially at the end of their careers and not producing what they they would like. Um, I don't think we're here to give a handout and make the competition, um, you know, belittle it or anything like that. We still want to thrive and, and be a really high-performing competition. So uh, if, um, if I ask you the standard of cricket that um, you're involved with at the moment, how could you equate it to back here in New Zealand? Um, that question always comes up normally with, with a lot of people. The first thing I saw when I came here is everyone that I've spoken to, they're always surprised and shocked at how high the level actually is um, comparatively to probably what we think of, of an associate nation. Um, oh, look, I'd be saying it's 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 definitely better than club cricket in New Zealand. 
um, it's it's not at a first class level. And I think that's obviously because of the infrastructure parts and, you know, people who are playing cricket here have, have got jobs through the week. Um, so, you know, they're, they're not full-time cricketers training to, to be, become a cricketer. They're, you know, they've got a full-time job and they play cricket in the weekends and that's, that's it. So um, the level hopefully, and it already has in the last year and a half, two years, already progressed um, massively just because of the personnel we've, we've had come in and um, some of the opportunities that have come up with, you know, travelling around the country and, different competitions and the money that's been thrown into some of these, you know, weekend competitions as well. It gives guys a great opportunity to play. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's around that standard of not quite first-class cricket, but, um, you know, better than club cricket. And hopefully, hopefully over the next couple of years as well, we can, you know, start budding some of the young talent here as well and, and give them a pathway to actually, you know, make this a career. And I think that's been a huge part that's been missing in USA cricket is, you know, they play when they're kids and then they sort of leave the game and have to find a job. So hopefully this can create a, a career for these for these guys as well. Corey, no doubt you watched uh, some of the, the T20 World Cup, which has uh, just been on, of course, in Australia, and you saw the impact of um, the lesser nations, and I'm, I'm not trying to be insulting here, but the, the sides without the reputation, without the history that they've had in the game, I'm talking the sides here like the Netherlands, who knocked out South Africa, Ireland, who uh, knocked over England, Zimbabwe, who knocked over Pakistan. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it's quite clear um, that once you get a foot in the door, uh, you can produce results. What does the United States national team look like now? And what's it, uh, what, what is it made up of? I mean, for instance, the Netherlands, seven nationalities within the ne- Netherlands squad, seven different nationalities. What does the United States national side look like at the moment? Uh, again, most of them are, are expats from, you know, whether it's from the Caribbean, um, you know, India, Pakistan, places like that. I dare I say it, it's probably going to get worse in terms of the expats in the next handful of years as well, um, just because of who we've got coming in and guys who are becoming eligible. So, um, look, ideally in a perfect world, we, we would have, you know, um, you know, Americans born and raised and they can become the, you know, the face of cricket in, here in America, but obviously with nothing in front of them in terms of infrastructure, that's been really difficult to do. So um, hopefully that flips around. I know we're kind of getting more the, I guess, the second generation Indian guys who are, you know, parents who are, parents have moved over and they've been born here and they're coming through in, in that American culture. Uh, we're getting a lot of the under-19 kids who are, who are really, really good at their cricket um, starting to kind of push for some of those spots in that USA team. So um, it's a... It's a Good-sized player pool, um, but yeah, that, that USA team chops and changes a little bit, just depending on what that is. But I think if reverting back to the 2020 stuff, at 2020 levels of playing field, so those associate nations, um, they have some good players. And as we know, 2020 cricket, on a given day, if one or two guys get going or they have a good day with the ball or the bat, that can, that can end a game for, for even the best team in the world. Um, it's when you start producing 50-over cricket and test cricket, that's when you start finding those... I guess those bigger cracks among some of those associate nations, um, and, you know, and USA is being part of that. You know, there's been no focus on on Test cricket or Red Bull cricket. It's purely 2020 cricket with you know currently sprinklings of One Day cricket. So you can tell where the I guess the the global game is going, um, and it's heading more towards the shorter format, just because that's where all the money is getting produced currently, which is a good thing for the cricketers playing. Um, you know, but ultimately test cricket is also the place and first class cricket is a place where you do learn your craft and I think mm. that could be a massive factor in not quite producing some of the talent we would like um, 
but there's also opportunities for them potentially travelling and maybe playing some first-class cricket around whether it's England, whether it's New Zealand, um, Australia. So, yeah, I, I think that's a big part that we will miss, and I think the associate nations do miss that. Um, but again, to get them on a global scale, playing in front of big crowds in Australia and the T20 World Cup, you know, that does them, you know, you know, puts them in massive confidence and it gives that team an ability to know that they actually can beat some of these sides as well. Closest uh, cricketing nation that you've got next to you, of course, over there is uh, the West Indies. So uh, going through a, a bit of a lull, I think it's, uh, it's fair to say, uh, Corey, is there concern there? Are you you're hearing about uh, what's happening in the West Indies? And uh, are they going to be good partners, the USA and, and the West Indies, in hosting this, do you feel? I think, they, yeah, I definitely think they will be. I, I, I think West Indies understand the opportunity that lies in America, and I know that they want to be a part of it. Uh, we understand how much how valuable the West Indies are in terms of cricket as well. And I think if you look at probably the personnel that have, um, you know, not been in those teams in the last probably six months to 12 months, they have huge players in the game, um, not just for the West Indies, but even franchises around the world. So when you get those guys leaving a team, it's always going to leave massive gaps. That happened to the Sri Lankan team when you had Kumar Sangakkara, Mahala Jawardner, and guys like that leave. They had a period where they had to rebuild and all of a sudden find three or four stars in their team to try and get them to a position where they could actually feel like they're winning games. Um, but they'll be absolutely fine. They've got a, a heap of talent sitting there, and I know a lot of those guys come across to America and play in these weekend competitions and, and wanting to play in Major League and things like that as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the relationship that USA has with um, with the Caribbean is, is a really good one, um, and it's a good rapport, and I think they know they're going to have to work well together um, to make sure you know this goes really, really well. Is uh, overseas uh, coverage of, of cricket around the world is it is is it accessible for you in in the United States? I mean, have you been able to watch the the latest uh, T Twenty World Cup? Have you followed? Are you able to keep tabs on on where New Zealand are at? Yeah, I have. Yep. I mean, having a baby probably slightly put me off a little bit, but um, I've definitely been able to keep up to date with it. We've got Willow TV over here, and um, it's the broadcast that basically gives us all of the cricket around the globe, um, whether it's franchise competitions or international games. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to keep up to date with actually what's going on around the world. The time difference is obviously the one of the issues. But, um, no, I've been, been keeping up to date. And, again, I, I look at that New Zealand team and, you know, I was in that not that long ago and I've been playing with most of those guys for most of, most of my career. I played under-19s with them. So, um, yeah, you're starting to see a little bit of turnover and I guess that's just part of... An international setup as well. You, you get guys who are coming close to retirement, and you know they're leaving Ross. Um, you know, being a, a, a huge stalwart for for New Zealand cricket. Um, you know, and he'll always be hugely missed. Um, but then you see them start playing in some of these retired leagues, which is you know also great for fans because they get to continue to watch these guys. Um, you know, even though they have left the international arena, they get to still show their face and and you know do their thing on TV, which which people love. Well, there's a couple of names uh, I can throw in the hat for you straight away that um, might like to be part of it at some point. Uh, Ross Taylor, who's still swinging the bat pretty well in the Legends Leagues. And, of course, Martin Guptill, who it appears is no longer wanted. Yeah, I, I did see that when I saw the selection stuff again. I, it's hard to get the uh, the inside information is, is probably what I used to. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Guppy's been an unbelievable player for, for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure he'll be devastated that he's not in that group and, 
you know, again, it probably just shows you the the, the player pool that New Zealand cricket has at the moment as well. Um, to be able to mm. kind of, you know, have someone of his calibre not in that squad, um, you know, it always it always raises eyebrows. Um, and so, from a, I guess from New Zealand cricket standpoint, they've got to feel confident in who they've got coming in because um, you know sometimes it comes back and can bite in the ass a little bit. Um, but look, those guys are, are you know massive talent, um, and they have been for a long, long time. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure their names will be thrown in the hat for for the, the uh, major league cricket, and um, you know, and hopefully, hopefully we can see them see them in it. And again, I'm not going to be one of the ones who is probably picking a team, but um, yeah, hopefully they can uh, they can find themselves among it. Corey. Absolutely fantastic to catch up with you. Great family news. Uh, very, very chuffed for you there. Uh, and great to hear that uh, you're heavily involved with the development of the game over there. Uh, thanks for your time. Very informative. Uh, go well. P- appreciate it, Smitty. Thanks, mate. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.